Uh, thank you, Pastor Steve and uh, the leadership here. And uh, I think Pastor Steve find it appropriate that I tackle uh, proclamation. And I see there's a pastoral uh, sensitivity there. And for that, I really uh, uh, thankful. And so this morning, uh, we will look at the place of uh, proclamation in our uh, gospel witness journey. Uh, 15, 16 years ago, when we were very young, my wife and I, uh, Len, at that time, was, uh, and uh, we went, went fishing here at Grand Rapids when we first came here. And uh, we couldn't catch a fish for a while. And uh, left and right, I was, we were looking at it, and the people all around, you know, caught fish. Every, uh, every throw, they, they caught a fish. And I was uh, puzzled and perplexed by it, and I realized uh, suddenly that the way I used to fish in Burma, in Falam, in small creek and small rivers and all these places that I used to go, uh, the way is quite different here. You use certain uh, bait for certain fish, and obviously the fishing poles and all that is different. And obviously times has changed, I noticed, and uh, particularly uh, when I observed the, the, the last 20 years, it seems like a lot of things have changed. And uh, we, every generation has it, its own uh, characters and uh, challenges. I think our is a generation that reject God. And uh, we live in this uh, a society where it seems... Uh, Everything about religion is at all costs. You must get rid of. And then we have scores of people who think that for this many years would have served us humanity, our social structures and everything, that one night you can dismantle the whole things and then raise up the better one the next day. And uh, it seems to be uh, this is the kind of uh, uh, the society and the context we're in. And uh, we have, uh, we uh, categorize people, and uh, we said, oh, uh, two, two groups of people, the, the oppressed and the oppressors, and things like that. And uh, so, we, 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 we live in this uh, society, I, I will quote uh, uh, Leslie New Beginning, he said, this is a secular society that was born out of uh, the rejection of Christianity. And he goes uh, further to say, it is far tougher and more resistant, uh, this is our, our uh, current context, to the gospel than the pre-Christianity, uh, pre-Christian paganism. And that is his assertion. And so we're in this context, and we're in this uh, uh, situation, and how do we witness in today's world, and particularly what is the, uh, the place of uh, proclamation in these things? And uh, so let us go to the Bible. What does the Bible has to say to us this morning? What does the Bible has to teach us? And uh, let us go to the book that we love. And uh, we're going to read uh, here. The text is already chosen for us. Very nice. Uh, it's John chapter 4, verse 1 through 26. Uh, it's a very long passage. 
famous, glorious, beautiful passage. Among many other passages they could have chosen, they chose this. And so if I speak a little bit longer this morning, I blame it on, uh, the blame is on Resonate Global, and let's blame it on Amy. And uh, so I just want to say that at first. And uh, so let us uh, go to the scripture, uh, John chapter 4, verse 1 through 26. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisee had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground of Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciple had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered him, Her, if you, knew, if you know the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you a living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with. The well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Anyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks this water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you are now, now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestor worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritan worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet the time is coming and has now come when the true worshiper will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshiper the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshiper must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. So we are considering together 
witness, how to bear witness the good news of Jesus Christ, the kingdom that has come, already come, is coming, and will come. And so when we talk about witness, you know, in the court of law, you cannot be, it's obvious all of us know, you cannot be a witness unless you have heard or seen something. And uh, it is true with the things of God, God, we cannot be a witness unless we have heard or seen or know something. But yes, we do witness because we have heard, we have known, we have seen the glory of God, and so we have testimony. You know, like the, uh, the, this blind man, Bertamias, blind, poor, filthy, and beggar, and just like him, we're like him. But then again, our Lord touches our eyes, and then we see. You know, we're like Lazarus. We're dead in our sins, in our transgressions, and our, our all of this wickedness. And yet, we hear this heavenly calling that say, Hey, Lazarus, come forth. Come forth. Arise, my love, my fair one. The winter is gone. The summer, the summer has come. The flowers appear on earth. So we hear this voice, and the Holy Spirit has come upon us. And so we witness. So witness is simply this. This is the, uh, the overflow of the fullness that we receive from Him. And so obviously witness, it involves three things. And then we've been considering together the past two weeks, witness obviously involved uh, doings. Deeds are charitable uh, uh, deeds that we, we, we do, uh, practice of caregiving, hospitalities, and so on and so forth, and then uh, being present in the community and uh, in, in, in our neighborhood, uh, intentionally showed up and uh, hold people's stories, their pains and their brokenness, and then be there, and then uh, in this way we also uh, witness, we participate in the life of one another. And But this morning, it is the saying, the proclamation. And this is what we will uh, look at it. And uh, uh, let us look at how our Lord Jesus did. And Jesus is our example. He set the pattern for us. And uh, Jesus is our example that we follow in life, in death, in everything. And so here, I want to call your attention this morning, three things. And uh, we just read John chapter 3, uh, John chapter 4. You see, uh, in uh, John chapter 4, Jesus was very famous in uh, Judea now. He was very famous. Everybody heard about it. And the Pharisees and Sadducees and the scribes and the elders, they talk about him a lot. And uh, Jesus' agenda was then to go and travel up north. Upper Peninsula, it seems, like to go from Judea to uh, Galilee, up north. And uh, the Bible tells us in verse 4, it said, Now he had to go through Samaria. And I really like the how old King James renders it. It said, uh, he must needs go through Samaria. And it's very weird, right, for us to, uh, like a non-native uh, speaker, uh, English, it's really, really weird to read, like, he must, needs, go through Samaria. But I really like it because it, it, it kind of highlights uh, here the urgency and the matter at stake here. Je Jesus must go through that 
Samaria. And the historian tells us that that route is uh, shorter, but we were told, the learned, and the scholar, the historian, we were told that, but this is not the route the devout Jews, the religious men, Jewish men, would not take because you have to go through the land of Samaria. And, uh, but Jesus, our Lord, blessed Savior, went there that way. He went there because, why? The, subsequ the, 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 the subsequent verse tells us why he went there. And that is very, very obvious. Jesus must go through Samaria and then meet this particular woman at this particular time, the, the Samaritan woman. That doesn't even have a name. So here we see this is the, uh, the basis. We see this is the starting point for proclamation is this. Jesus has this holy intention. Jesus in his mind is absolutely resolute to go through Samaria and must preach and must speak, must share the good news, must share the gospel, must share the kingdom of God that has been inaugurated, must tell that to not just the Jews, the Samaritan, and then here even the woman at the well, a woman of considerable moral characters. Jesus must talk to her. You notice the, uh, in chapter 3, Nicodemus came to Jesus. Nicodemus, you know, he is the, uh, the, the elite, the learned, the erudite man, men of culture. He talked, Jesus talked to that person, but Jesus must also talk to the uh, not religious, not so religious person here, a religious person, not, not the Jews, but the, 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 the Samaritans also. You know, so when we talk about proclamation, this truth must be settled in our heart that the gospel, the good news is for all people. For the learned, unlearned culture, not culture, religious, not religious, church people, unchurched people, barbarians, Scythians, it doesn't matter. It must be proclaimed, communicate, share. It in any language, in English, Burmese, Falam, Korean, Chinese, it doesn't matter. It must go through everywhere, every place, at all time. That is the, this fact must be settled in our heart. That is the starting point. This is what we see it in the life of our, our, our Lord Jesus Christ here. And uh, this must be settled, you know, like Paul, we, we should be able to say, I am determined to know nothing except but Christ and Him crucified. Or like the, psalm, the psalmist said, oh, my heart is fixed. My heart is fixed in this matter. We should be able to say, so this proclamation, uh, it is not just for the uh, Pastor Steve and Emily, though. It is all of us, yes, you know, when you're a pastor, this office uh, has a peculiar function and job that we see in the Bible. But this proclamation, this sharing of the good news is for all of us, our job. It is our call. You know, we see it in the life of uh, Jesus Christ in this John chapter 4. Uh, so this holy intention to witness the gospel to all people in all places at all time by all of us. 
that is the, uh, the starting point for proclamation. And uh, the second thing I, I want to uh, call your attention is if you, if you observe this, Jesus started the conversation. Jesus initiated the conversation. Jesus talking, uh, Jesus taking his interest in this particular woman, the Samaritan woman. And obviously, you, as we just read, the woman has no interest in whatsoever Jesus has to say. Nicodemus, on contrary, in chapter 3, came at night inquiring about this. Oh, what is this? And what about this? Oh, I have no idea. What is this born again that you're talking about? You know, it's so sad, isn't it? You are the learned and erudite man. You are the leader of your uh, people and doesn't know about what is being born in the spirit. Regeneration, he had no clue, but at least he had interest in what Jesus has to say. But this particular woman, you know, when Jesus started the conversation, has no interest at all whatsoever about the gospel or what Jesus has to say. And Jesus said, hey, give me a drink. And then she was like, well, what, what, is, what is up with this uh, Jewish rabbi here giving me and talking about living water and then nonsense? And then, oh, do you know that you are a Jew and we're not supposed to uh, uh, communicate? Do you know that? You know, he had that kind of heart. Uh, you know, but Jesus started the conversation. Jesus know the woman well. And in our proclamation, we, we have to talk to people, we have to know people, especially it is uh, very difficult to truly know your neighbor, the people you work with truly. It takes a long time, isn't it? And uh, some people it's more difficult to talk to. You know, it seems like some of us, it seems like even when uh, on Sundays, it's like every Sunday we come to church, it seems like we have a flat tire or something, you know, it's, we're like not, not happy. And, uh, and so it is difficult to your, know your neighbor, your people, when you really uh, share the, the gospel. And they have, especially when they have no interest in what you have to say. And, but then again, you know, our Lord Jesus, our blessed Savior, you know, we see it here. You know, he talked about something here. And Jesus just said, talk about, hey, you know, just bring your husband. And the woman said, no, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, yeah this is the, uh, the sixth month. Uh, yeah, you already have five. I don't know how you get divorced. You know, at that time, it's very difficult to do it to uh, divorce in, the, in that time. And uh, probably perhaps Samaria, they have a special law to get uh, divorced five times. But then again, this is the sixth one. Uh, I don't even know Jesus doesn't know. Oh, maybe he's Tom. Maybe he's Mike. Doesn't know. Hey, hey, the sixth one is not even your husband. So what you said is just true and right. You know what Jesus did? Jesus tapped into that that woman brokenness and pain. You know, this is the point of entry. This is the point of entry. You know, it's very difficult to know people. It is very difficult, but we do have this, our shared humanity, all of us. 
We have this brokenness. We have this limitation. We're very centered people. You know, that is the starting point, my friend. When we do share the gospel, you know, don't think that, oh, yeah, if I really know my neighbor 100%, you know, whatever they like, then everything, and then I'll share the gospel. Maybe then, well, then, then, then maybe, yeah, in the next life, you probably will be able to share but here is, yes, it doesn't, I'm not suggesting that we should not know our neighbor, their story, their pains, their hearts, and then uh, what their joy and their, their, what's their comfort, their aspiration. Yes, all these things we should know. But the starting point is this. We have this, our shared humanity. We are very, very broken people, my friend. There is no such thing as perfect family. You know, the Christian people were guilty of, we're guilty of putting this, uh, uh, putting, projecting this glittering image, the perfect image that we want to put on Sunday. Particularly, we sit on our pews, doesn't, you know, we sit like this, oh, yeah, we sit like a holy angelic being that never, never even fart in their whole life, you know, they never have, have uh, anything wrong in their whole life, you know. This is how we project ourselves. You know, that kind of perfection doesn't exist in this world. Oh, yeah, every marriage, you know, yes, you can probably testify, starting with Pastor Garrett, will say, yes, amen, yes, every marriage also has a, a struggle, ups and downs. Every family, we, our children are not perfectly behaving all the time. We all have these stories of brokenness. And what about our limitation? We're very self-centered people. That is our, our shared humanity. When uh, people talk about when the Christian people project this uh, perfection, that's only exists in Facebook and Instagram. If you use those, you know, then uh, you could put this perfect picture, you know. Uh, yeah, that's, that's only exists there. And uh, I'm sure there is no one here Today, this morning, not guilty of hurting our spouses, children, friends, not guilty of lust, self-indulgence, worshiping idols. I think we all have guilty. We're all guilty of these things. You know, we have this, you know, this is what Jesus is tapping. Jesus is saying, oh, he's, she's not interested at all about the goodness. But Jesus said, hey, bring your husband yeah, I don't, have, I don't have no husband. You know, she tried to project this image. You know, in truth, she had just like five husbands already. Right now, her boyfriend or her uh, partner or whatever you, they call back, it doesn't matter. And uh, she's tried to act as if she is just okay, right? And uh, this is why the Bible, the Bible says, uh, from the sole of your foot to the top of your head, there is no soundness, only wounds and bruises and open sores, not cleanse or, 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 or bandage or soothe with olive oil. There's no soundness, bruise and trauma. You know, that's so, you know, Isaiah, this prophesied thousands of years ago before we talk about this, this today is the subject is this, 
trauma, trauma, you know, all the seminary now, they, they, they must uh, tackle this social program about this, and then so we offer a MA program in uh, mental, clinical, and all this type of thing. But Isaiah talked a long time about this. It said, there's no soundness, only wounds. Wounds, that's trauma. Purifying sore, bruises, not cleanse and bondage, soothe with olive oil. You know, this is our shared humanity. And uh, this is what Jesus did here. This is the point of entry to talk to people, you know, to weep with them and to really see our struggle, to really see our brokenness, our pain, right? And, uh, you know, those things draw people together, bond together. It's not drive people away. You know, we are the, the Christian people who drive people away from God because we project this image that we are perfect and uh, we follow God's law perfectly all the time. That's so crazy, isn't it? We don't even follow the, uh, the, the Grand Rapids City or, uh, ordinance, you know, traffic law. I never see people drive 40, 45 miles per hour on, you know, the sign. Nobody drives that. One day my boss was at work, was very upset with me because I took like an hour and so uh, a break. And, uh, you know, I admit you probably have experience, you know, you have very, very, uh, you don't really like your boss. You know, I'm one of my mid. And then it's just like annoying, annoying to me. And then it's just like, you know, you, Ta, you've been taking too long break. And, and then it's like, I just kept listening. I said, Bill, can you, can you stay quiet a little bit? I'm going to ask you this. Have you ever uh, drive according to your, uh, well, your, your speed limit, 40, 45 all the time? I said, no. And then if, if, the, if the cop came here and then just gave you a ticket, will you be upset? Yes, of course. And so, yeah, the same thing, just so just go away. And then he was like, so mad. And then, then, but, you know, we have a good relationship. We, could, we, we have a good relationship, that's true. But this is how, back, back in uh, many years ago. My friend, the reason you and I are sitting here as evangelic being and uh, is the reason here you haven't committed adultery is because you are not in a position to commit adultery yet. Just why you're not committed, it, you know, you haven't steal because you're not in a, a position to steal. You know, that's, that's who we are. Very limited. You know, we have so much limitation. We, we are so weak. And uh, so Jesus tapped that. And uh, Jesus talked about her situation. And uh, so she opened up. And then they talk. Still very confused, right? She doesn't have no clue. And uh, so the third thing I want to call your attention, when we, uh, when we observe Jesus dealing with the Samaritan woman, we see that they have conversation. But what subject were they talking about? They're talking about American idols. They're talking about uh, uh, football. They're talking about what are they talking about? Were they talking about self-improvement? Well, obviously, here the woman is talking about herself, uh, a formula of whatever uh, she thinks uh, her predicament is. 
And uh, she's the woman sh- said, oh, yeah, we, we, we are, we're Samaritan, and uh, we worship this. We worship on this mountain. We do this. We do that. And you, the people, that's fine. You worship in Jerusalem. Yeah, you do your own thing, and we do our own thing. We're fine. Yes, yes, we worship. Everybody know God, you know. Here, what's, what's the matter? Here, I, I worship, you worship, you worship in Jerusalem. I worship on this mountain. What's wrong? You know, but Jesus, the message to her is different. And uh, Jesus here, uh, well, one thing we have to be clear is this, this the, uh, the gospel. We have to be very clear about what is the good news, what is the gospel. First of all, the good news is not self-improvement. It's not self-optimization. It's not uh, uh, something that, oh, yeah, fix yourself, improve yourself. Here, here, woman, man, come on, this is your uh, sixth husband will be, and then soon it will be seven, and then it will soon be eight, and soon you will be like Larry King having uh, ten wives, right? No, this is not... No, this is not fix yourself, improve yourself, optimize your potential, your self-realization. That's not the gospel here, Jesus communicating. What did Jesus say? What Jesus said to, to her was, here, whoever drink this water will be thirsty again. But the water that I give, whoever drinks it, will never thirst again. Not only that, a spring of water welling up to eternal life. This is what Jesus communicated to her. It is the uh, a message. It is given, a gift that is given. You know, this is the, uh, the center of the talk, the center of the, the, the conversation. So, friends, the second thing that I want to highlight uh, today is this. In proclamation... We have to be very, very precise and clear about what is the good news and what is not. You know, we live in this, uh, this world where even it seems the church really hates theological precision. But we cannot make mistakes here. It is, the gospel is not self-improvement. The gospel is not self-optimization. The gospel is not fix yourself, amend your way. Oh, why you can live a a good moral life, be religious. That's not that. It is a gift given. A a spring water, a spring of water welling up into eternal life. And uh, it is not a message of condemnation either. You know, we like to condemn people. We like to judge people, isn't it? We're so flawed, people. We're so broken. You know, we judge. We condemn people. But here, and, and in our Lord dealing with people, He never condemned all this kind of peoples. The people who con- Jesus condemned was the people, they're just a full of themselves. Religious people who think they, they put their life together and then who, they're, you know, they're, they're right all the time, morally right, theologically right, everything socially right. You know, the people, these are the people Jesus has trouble with. Here, the message is not condemnation either. You know, this is, this is the good news. Not condemn, condemnation. You know, the good news is simply this. Like I said, the fullness of his life given to us. His fullness, 
divine life condescending in our heart, full of glory. It is by grace upon grace and faith upon faith. You know, this is the message Jesus had to communicate to her clearly, precisely. No condemnation. The gospel, the good news is this. You remember, you know, we just witnessed the uh, beautiful rite of uh, baptism. So lovely, isn't it? You know, here, two weeks ago, Pastor Steve also talked about it. You know, Jesus baptized. That was it. And that voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You know, that is the gospel. That is the good news. Jesus, you know, in a way, saying to her, in a sense, this is what the whole thing Jesus was uh, uh, communicating to her. No condemnation. It's just saying, yeah, you are the beloved in whom the Father in heaven is well pleased through the Son, Jesus Christ. In you, I see no condemnation. You are fine. You are perfect. You are, you are cleansed. You are, you are you're righteous. You are justified. You are perfect in His sight. I don't see your sin no more. You know, this is the perfection we're talking about. The perfection that is only we find in Jesus Christ. The kind of righteousness we talk about. Righteousness that only found and clothed in us through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, and then many people don't think it is not enough. You really think so? You think you improve the righteousness of God, the righteousness that Jesus Christ achieved from the cross of Calvary? You think you can improve upon that? You think you can improve the holiness of Christ that has given you that divine life? You think you can prove that holiness? No way. So here, my friend, this is the gospel. So Jesus, first, in his heart, is, he, he is so sure he must go through Samaria and speak to the people there. Jesus, when he, 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 he seek the, the, the laws, he did not only seek in the synagogue, here he also went to this place, this the lowly town of Samaria called Sychar. There he talked to a woman. And then he communicated the, the gospel, the good news, the good news. The divine life that is given to us, his fullness, full of grace and full of truth, the spring of living water welling up into eternal life. You know, this is what Jesus, we see it in, in our, uh, the life of our Lord. This is the pattern. This is the example he set for us. And then Apostle Paul follows it. And our church father, our Protestant father, they follow it. A lot of people die for it. Although they, 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 they are imperfect people, just like all of us, with flaws and problems. And so proclamation. Friends, let us be certain in our hearts, the first thing. This holy resolution, holy determination, holy intentionality that the gospel is for all people. And we must get to know our neighbors and our friends. And then our point of entry is this, not your perfection. Hey, friends, hey, let us go to our church and then we'll show you how to live, how to put your life together. No, 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 my friend. You know, that kind of perfection draw away uh, people from Christ. No, we share our brokenness. 
You know, in Chin churches, in, in Chin church, you know, uh, we used to have this open time where everybody can share testimony, and uh, it, it is our customary to do that. And then we do every time they do, people, most of the time, people talk about their mountaintop experience, how, what they do for the Lord, how they do so well in their spiritual life. And then one day I was so fed up, and I was like, when I, I t- my time of preaching, I said, friends, let us talk about our brokenness, how we abuse our spouses, unintentionally sometimes, how we, 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 we just lost our temper and our flaw, and our pain, what about this, our trauma, let's talk about this, you know, in that way, you know, in our weaknesses, the power of God might manifest, you know, this is what I say. You know, the point of entry is our shared humanity with our brokenness, our limitation. You know, one thing I notice here, American people, they work so hard. But the only thing is, you see, we only have 24 hours. You cannot be perfect to, to look at your house spotless. And then your, your kids and everything, 24 hours is impossible, my friends. You, and then you have school, you, have, you teach, and then you college. It is impossible. You know, we have a lot of limitation. And so that is our uh, point of entry to build relationship through our weaknesses not perfection. And so let us draw uh, a few uh, applications uh, for us uh, uh, to uh, practice. You know, uh, the first thing is very obvious. Uh, we have to this deny our uncomfortableness. Is that, is that even the right word? I, I, I'm not sure, you know, our uncomfortableness and shame. You know, the, the gospel, sharing the gospel, always associated with this uncomfortableness and shame. You know, in, in Paul time, the same thing. You know, the, the learned right, right now, the, the, the social influencer, whoever, you know, like when they're talking about, uh, when they hear about the gospel, they think this is foolishness, foolishness, right? Because it involves a person die on the cross, but, you know, blood. You know, the Christian people talk about the blood, the cross, dead. It doesn't make sense. You know, and then resurrection. This is foolishness. You know, and then, you know, people, you know, you, you, you're in, you don't want to be in a company or something with full people, right? So, you know, sharing the gospel, uh, the good news, always associated with this shame. And this is very uncomfortable. But you know, as a Christian people, you know, the first, uh, the first 101 of uh, discipleship is this, 101. Deny yourself. <laughs> yeah, we have to deny it until we get used to, like, then we, we should be able to say, like, Apostle Paul, and then said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For what? Because it is the power of God unto salvation for those who believe, first for the Jews and for the Gentiles. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed, my friend. That is the gospel. You know, a lot of people talk about God's justice without mercy. Oh, my friend, it is a fearful thing to talk about God's justice without his mercy. His righteousness without His mercy. And so we have to deny that our uncomfortableness. Just have to kick it up and then get used to it. You know, you know our Lord Jesus Christ was ridiculed. And then they label many things. You know, he, is, he was a perfect human being, my friend. And if our Lord go through something like this, what is it you that, you know, somebody label you fool? Oh, let me take it as the compliment. Let's get over it, our comfortableness and shame in sharing the gospel. 
to our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers. And uh, the second thing is this, we have to look for the, uh, the, the opening, okay? If, if we li really listen to the leading of the Spirit, if we uh, adopt this posture of listening well, where the wind is blowing, and then we should be able to see in our daily dealing with our friends, co-workers, and the neighbor is the person very close to you, maybe at your plane, you know, your, your business trip, and then you're waiting at the uh, uh, terminal, and then, you know, you talk to people, and then you listen, and then, the, you know, look for the opportunity. Look for the op openings, and then you'll see it. The Spirit will guide us. You know, King David of all and his army, and they, do, they, they did the same. You know, one day, King David said, his troop, and said, hey, guys, listen. Now, when you hear the, uh, the wind, the breeze wind that fall upon the top of the leaves, you know what I mean? This is, this is the, op uh, the, uh, the opening for us. And then we're going to fight. And, uh, you know, they did. We have to uh, uh, look for these things intentional, intentionally, right? And uh, know this. It's, we need, it's all about His power, and then we need His power and we must long for it. We must desire it. We must crave for it. We must ask for it more. Oh, my friend, don't be so foolish as to think, you know, I am uh, the same uh, from a, uh, a Presbyterian background. I glory in our, our, our cardinal doctrine just like you. But don't you, don't, don't, be, don't be foolish as to think that now that we're indwelled by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit power in and of itself, it's like operatus, operatus, it will work itself out. My friend, that is very, very uh, uh, not sound theology, really. We should long for His power. I'm just going to uh, share you this two story here and then I, I close here. In that back room, many years ago, uh, many years ago, I mean uh, five years ago, two Nepali Buddhist lady. Uh, regularly came to us. After one year of listening to me, myself, rumbling about this uh, Jesus and the cross, and then she was drawn so much deep into our faith, and uh, she just like, yeah, every day she was the, 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 the one that's so zealous every Friday night. And then all of a sudden, she disappeared. And then I have to find out that, and eventually I found out that the parents, they found out that he's, she's been are going to this meeting place where they talk about Jesus, and then the parents, they forbid her, strictly warn her, strictly warn her not to go there, and she stayed there. And then another uh, Nepali Buddhist lady, and she's with us uh, listening to our uh, discussion and everything. And then one day, uh, one summer, she went with us to camp somewhere in Kalamazoo, and then I noticed she was sitting there by herself, just like uh, struggling. So you could tell somebody, right? And then she was sitting there. I said, sister, what's, what's going on? What's wrong? And can you tell me? She said, yes, I want to receive this Christ you're talking about. I want to know him. I, 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 I want to accept that. I want to receive that. But something is blocking me. I don't know whatever it is. Something is blocking me that I could not able to say that I believe Jesus. Something is blocking me. You see, and then we, 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 we pray. 
You see, the point is this, my friend. We need God's power. The power of the Holy Spirit. This is one thing we need in our gathering, in everything that we do, my friend. We must, we must long for this power. We must desire it. We must cry out for it. You know, just like uh, that saying, the lady cried out in the Old Testament and said, Hey, give me a son or else I die. You know, that is the, uh, the kind of uh, heart that we should have in, uh, in our, our witness. And so today, uh, so this is one way, proclamation, sharing the good news. So we witness in deeds and we, 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 uh, we build relationship. And then we got two more. And then, you know, this lady would uh, call them out. You know, next week, Pastor Steve, I'm going to lay it out for him. Uh, uh, she, uh, she called out and said, come on, come, take a look at it. Uh, who might that be? Here, here's the message. Take, come look yourself. And then the whole town, there was a revival there. Two days, Jesus stayed there. Oh, I wish. This thing still happened in our days, in our time, in our church. Okay, let us close in a prayer. Our Lord, our heart desire this morning is this, to walk as you walk, to love as you love, to speak as you have spoken to this Samaritan woman. Lord, you are our heavenly vine, and we are your branches. Make us a fruitful vine for your kingdom. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.